Hi, and welcome to What the RA, a podcast about balancing your life, living happily, traveling, and gaining financial independence, all whilst having a chronic illness. On this podcast, I'm interested in helping others with chronic illnesses to feel better about their lives in spite of life's challenges. I know from personal experience that this can be very hard, especially with all the difficulties you face in dealing with chronic illnesses. So if you are a family member or a friend of somebody dealing with a chronic illness, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you stick along with us on this journey so that you can learn and also share your opinion on what it's like to care for somebody who deals with a chronic illness. So if you like what you're hearing, please do stick around because right now it's time for What the RA. Hello and welcome back to What the RA. This episode was previously recorded, but then I didn't think that it was informative enough, which is why we are back here today, two weeks later, to re-record the episode. And I am really going to try hard from now on to be consistent with these episodes. Right now, I'm probably my only listener, but I do need this podcast for myself as well. And hopefully in the future, I will be able to help whoever's listening and maybe we'll get more listeners. But for now, I am going to speak about a very important topic, which is about how you can manage your chronic illness. And in my case, that is my endometriosis and rheumatoid arthritis. So here we are back again. And I just want to say thank you if you are listening to this episode, because I think that this is a really important topic. And if you are a family member of somebody who is dealing with this, thank you a lot for being here because you listening to this is going to help how you deal with somebody who has a chronic illness. So first things first, we're going to be discussing food because it is a very important topic in the space. It's also very debatable. So I think it's really important to get started with because for myself personally, it has greatly impacted how I manage my chronic illnesses. When you eat healthy food, and that healthy means so many different things to so many different people. But when I say healthy, I'm talking about whole foods, and this doesn't really cut out any specific food group, but yes, it does cut out a lot of unhealthy food products. So meaning any processed food, foods that are high inflammatory, like dairy, bread. There are certain vegetables that are high inflammatory as well, but I think as long as they're whole foods, they should be okay to consume, depending on how your body reacts to it. And I know if you have a chronic illness, you may have already tried these, um, but I just want to encourage you to keep trying different things and just try to be consistent with what you do try, because in my experience, I was somebody who went through a lot of diets and eating styles. So I started with a vegetarian plant-based 
diet some time ago and I didn't really feel like it helped me a lot. I followed that way of eating for about two to three years and I noticed that I was very weak and also I didn't have a lot of strength so yes I noticed that I was very weak but I also noticed that I wasn't getting a lot of nutrients in my foods and to get everything that I needed I would have to eat a lot of vegetables and I felt like I didn't necessarily have access to all the products that I needed because I was living abroad. So with that said, I had to become creative and also the medical care that side was a little bit tricky for me because I never spoke the language. I didn't really know what my body needed. I didn't know how to ask for help and what I was dealing with. So I don't think I gave the plant-based diet a full opportunity to help me heal. So that brings me here today. I have taken a lot of time to do research and test a lot of recipes and foods that I could use to help me heal. It's never too late to try a new product, to maybe do the eating plan a little bit better, but never never restrict yourself from anything. What I learned a lot is that when I try to eat clean and I eat too clean, sometimes that leads to unhealthy habits and thoughts of things like going through a phase of just wanting to eat processed foods daily, just leaving the healthy eating plan and eating unhealthy foods from there on out. So that is the kinds of thoughts you can have if you just start hardcore, if you just say, I'm going to eat clean today and you just only eat clean when your body's not used to that. So what I would suggest is maybe just starting small again, maybe with one meal and then seeing the next day if you can add an extra healthy snack or maybe you basically just eat clean as much as you can and then that can really help you to reset everything in your mind and in your body. So when you go all in really quickly, you tend to get into unhealthy habits and that's what we're trying to avoid. We want this to be sustainable. So you want to start by introducing healthy meals wherever you can. So if it's only once a day or if it's just a few times a week, that's how you start and then you build from there. So um, in terms of what I was saying before, when I was plant-based, I just felt really weak. I wasn't able to get enough nutrients in and I didn't know how to because I was abroad. And when you're abroad and you don't speak the language, it's very difficult to communicate your needs and to also seek advice from nutritionists or doctors as to what it is you should be doing when you seem to just be in this constant state of flare and uncomfortability. So with that said, I want to now discuss what I did or the steps I took to just get me out of this place where I'm constantly ill and drowsy and tired and inflamed and sore and all the things. So basically, what I did was start by introducing more fiber into my life because I wasn't having enough fiber. 
And at first I was eating dried fruits, especially mango, which I love, but it isn't the highest in fiber. It has enough, but get foods in your body that have a lot of fiber in it because it helps your food to digest better. Yeah, so I introduced a lot of fiber, like the dried fruits. And then I also started incorporating chia seeds and flax seeds into my... I also started incorporating chia seeds and flax seeds into my meal. I would mix it with a plant-based milk, like coconut milk, because it tastes better, or almond milk. Uh, right now I'm doing rice milk because that was what they had at the store, but I prefer coconut milk with my chia seeds. But you know what is really great that I found is when you get your plant-based milk, your brown flax seeds and your soaked chia seeds, you mix that, you blend it. So you drink that when you break your fast. And then you can also, you can also add gluten-free oats to that. So that makes it more filling and fibrous and it keeps you going for a longer period of time. Another great way to break your fast is just with a fruit salad. So that means eating guava or mango salad or passion fruit or just mixing everything all together. Passion fruit isn't really filling on its own, so I would definitely add that to other fruit in the morning. But that is definitely something you want to incorporate because it is high in fiber. You can also have a passion fruit, mango, and pineapple smoothie. I would just blend the mango and the pineapple and then add the passion fruit once the mango and the pineapple have been blended. Okay, after that, you will want to have your gluten-free meal. I generally tend to fast until 1 o'clock in the afternoon and then I have one large meal with everything and I don't really eat again after that but you can break your meals into smaller meals so obviously like your breakfast, lunch and dinner. I do advise that it is good to try intermittent fasting for the purposes of healing your gut because generally when you have an autoimmune disease or chronic illness it has a lot to do with your gut issues so a good thing that you could do is to intermittent fast to give your body time to digest food and heal and all the good things so you just space it out within those eight hours you should eat between one and eight so i think that's actually seven hours <laughs> i'm not too good at maths but um eat between one and eight and then you can just break up your meals then. Um, but I should add, it is really difficult to do if you aren't used to it. So again, just as I mentioned before with the food, it's really good if you can start slowly. So just go for as long as you can and then just try and start that same time the next day. Um, or if that's too late, then you just work up to it, you go slightly earlier than the day before and then you try to go back to starting later. It doesn't have to be one to eight, but yeah, make sure that you have your eight hour time for eating in the day and then you stop eating after the eight hours. 
Okay, so with that said, I have the fibrous breakfast and then I have the main meal of the day, which is usually whatever I'm craving at the time, if possible. My go-tos are gluten-free pasta with tuna or fish and vegetables. I like to have roasted vegetables, including potatoes and bell peppers and onions and things like that. And I eat a lot of fruit as well. So I generally stay away from gluten. I do have it maybe once in a while. Yeah, that helps me get through any time I feel like having a lot of processed food. So I tend to give myself leeway to have something that I would really love to eat or I'm craving just once in a while, but I generally tend to stay away from those foods. And I immediately notice a difference in how my body feels when I don't have that. And the symptoms come on pretty quickly when I do eat gluten foods. So if you are dealing with a chronic illness, it's best to stay away from that. And if you are thinking to yourself, I'm not gluten intolerant, like that's not a trigger for me. Well, I would just ask you to try and eliminate it anyway, because it's generally not good for your body. But if it is something you want to have, just have it in moderation. Like I said, it's fine if your body is okay with that. But maybe do a little experiment with yourself and see how you go for first a week, then two weeks, three weeks, and then a month. See if you can do a month without it and then document how you really feel and then decide if it really is something that doesn't affect you or maybe you just haven't noticed the symptoms because maybe it's not severe so yeah just i really encourage you to at least try it for yourself there are so many diets you can try like keto atkins high carb low carb things like that but if you follow any rules i would say please try your very best to stick to gluten-free and anti-inflammatory foods now the thing again with anti-inflammatory foods is you'll always hear about these vegetables that are high inflammatory foods but a lot of them actually don't affect you as much as you think they might so it's worth trying out i would definitely recommend researching foods that cause inflammation they cause a lot of irritation in your body and it can make it very frustrating when you are trying to figure out what it is you can or can't eat I felt really frustrated when I was abroad, not knowing what I can eat at the end of it, when I was researching all these foods that I could or could not have, that I was supposed to be eating or not supposed to be eating. I was at a loss for words because all I could eat was leafy greens. And at that point, I felt hopeless. And soon after that, after trying all these different meals wasn't helping because at the end of the day i truly wasn't getting enough nutrients i wasn't taking any supplements to help my body truly recover from all these aches and pains that i was dealing with 
getting all your nutrients in is really important and again it's best to get it from food than it is from supplements but you still have to supplement because it is very hard to get what you need at least at first so definitely supplement if you can to get yourself healthier the next topic is stress and stress is such a big one because you often find yourself around people who are very triggering to you and there's that saying it goes something like if they can trigger you then they control you and this is so much easier said than done and part of living a stress-free life as much as possible is just taking ownership of where you are mentally and where you are emotionally so practicing things that can help you to de-stress is really important take notes whether it's physically writing it down on mental notes of the triggers that you have i do want to encourage you to write them down too as an exercise maybe do this weekly if you can try to find time for it honestly because it makes the biggest difference you learn what your triggers are and the kinds of people that you want to invest your time in and those that you don't and the kind of responses you want to have to the people who do trigger you so that you are prepared for the moments when these stressful situations happen stress is a very big part of why we get flares growing up and dealing with endometriosis things trying to figure out what was wrong with me was really frustrating and every time we go to a doctor they would always say you're just stressed you're just anxious you're just making it up when you hear people say oh, you're just stressed you just need to stop being so anxious a lot of the time you feel like I am stressed because you aren't giving me answers. I am stressed because I can't find answers to, as to what's going on with me. Before I had this condition, I felt fine. I felt good. I didn't feel stressed about a lot of things. And now I have this condition and it's just causing me stress because I can't find a way to alleviate the things I'm dealing with. And stress isn't always about what you remember or what you know now. Stress is held in the body and something that happened in your past that you have forgotten about can still be there. You know, there are these exercises that people do to leave stress and certain movements that can trigger an emotional response from things that have happened in the past. So it just goes to show that even if you can't put your finger on it, there are things that can be stressing you out. But it is absolutely normal to be stressed and feel a lot of stress when you are going through things like this. It, it's a difficult time. So anyone telling you that, oh, just don't be stressed or oh it's in your head or oh it's at you, your anxiety oh you're causing that i would like for you to tell yourself in those moments that i am trying really hard to alleviate the symptoms i'm dealing with 
that what is happening right now is a physical thing. I feel it physically, so it's not in my head. I am hurting from this thing. The advice they are giving me, they can't really say much because they aren't me and they aren't in my body and they don't know how I feel. And I can choose not to let their advice affect me because I'm taking care of myself and if they can't help me, I will find help elsewhere. I will help myself and I will find people who will listen, who will research, who will test, who will really try to understand my history, what I'm dealing with, and how I can move forward. And it's also up to you to take responsibility for what you're dealing with, and I'm sure you are. That's also often why this unsolicited advice you get from people can be triggering because chances are you've done your homework or you're currently doing your homework to feel at times like you are just frustrated because you know you felt like you've done all you can do but there's always more there's always more you can do so don't give up have those feelings that you have but then get yourself out of that in whichever way you can and tell yourself this is a season it's happening now, but it's temporary and I can make it better. I can make a difference. Doing things to de-stress yourself, like walking or just being outside or being around people that are uplifting and positive may not always be accessible, may not always be possible. Especially like exercise. Exercise is one of those things that for me was the biggest struggle. I spent so much time bedridden, so much time upset looking at people feeling like, why is this happening to me? Why are they able to do these things that I can't? Why is life like this? I was in a very negative space and mindset because I wasn't able to be physically active. I wasn't able to move as I wanted. When my flares were really bad, <laughs> I basically couldn't move. I had mobility, but it was so painful to move anything. My neck, everything hurt. My knees, my toes, my fingers, my elbows. And when you feel that way, it is so hard not to get into this negative mindset and to feel like, I can't do this. This is not the life that I want, you know? And you do get past that situation. Things tend to generally not stay as bad as it is. Your body reacting like that is usually because of a flare. So that doesn't last for too long, generally speaking. Especially when you make an active effort to clean up your diet, supplement, and move. So again, with the movement, when you are physically impaired, there are still things you can do. So if your legs are aching, you could move your upper body. If your upper body is the problem, you could move your legs. And if you are generally okay to move, 
but too much movement hurts. You could stand up and you could walk in place. You don't have to walk anywhere outside. There are walking videos that I tend to do when I'm inside and that's actually what started helping me to become more mobile again. Do some fitness videos online, especially low impact. Just moving in whichever way I felt was possible for me because there's been a lot of moments where everything just felt impossible. So moving when or however you can helps. It doesn't seem like it at the time, but it definitely helps. And then the more you move, the better your mobility becomes. That's actually a funny way of thinking about it because with arthritis, that is the case generally. I get a lot of pain when I have too much movement. However, like now that I've been moving a lot, my mobility has increased a lot. Even though when I started, it got better in the morning and then got worse in the evening every single time. But now that I've been doing that for a while, it stayed better for a long period of time and then it started getting worse much later on in the day so it's a lot more manageable now before i couldn't walk very far my back would ache everything would ache i also have fibromyalgia i am very sensitive to a lot of things and that has also improved now that i've been more physically active and gone outside more when you are chronically ill, you tend to be indoors a lot. You tend to be very isolated as a person from people, from life, because it is hard not to feel like a burden. And that thought process can keep you in a dark space. And what your body needs more than anything is to be outside, the sunlight is to be mobile is to be surrounded by positive energies positive environments and doing things that you truly enjoy these are the things that are going to get you out of a stressful situation and into the life that you want a lot sooner than you would have if you were just being at home and kind of feeling your feelings for too long I don't think it's good to suppress your feelings at all, but there is a time and place for everything and you're allowed to feel your emotions. You should definitely, definitely feel them when they happen. Give yourself that grace to feel what you are feeling, but also let everything be temporary because you deserve that. You deserve to be happy and you deserve to not always keep yourself in that dark mindset for as long as you probably do when no one's around. So yeah, I say that with love, I say that with care and I say that because I want the best for you and I want you to want the best for you too. So be kind to yourself, okay? Good. <laughs> Okay, the next thing I'm going to speak about are relationships and the role your relationships can play in your chronic illness and in managing your chronic illness. So, as I said before with stress, relationships can play a big part in how you handle the stress that you have in your life. 
relationships can be stressful. It can help you overcome stress. And it can also be just the most beautiful thing for you, for your chronic illnesses. Truly choose the people that you spend your time with wisely. Even family, choose that wisely. If somebody is always upsetting you, if somebody is always showing you that they don't have your best interests at heart, those are not the people that you want to invest your time and energy into. If you don't want to be confrontational or have a debate, you can just let them talk and then go about your day. You don't even have to respond in any kind of way. You could let them have a venting session or you could not. It depends on what your triggers are. If you are easily triggered by people who just talk a lot and are hyperactive and love to hear themselves speak and say things that you're uncomfortable with, you can find an excuse to not be in the conversation anymore. You can make yourself a cup of tea. You can go check on the dog. You can do anything that you want to not be part of that conversation anymore. You could let them talk and just tell yourself, this is not about me. You know, when people stress you out, oftentimes it's because they have their own stuff going on and you are an easy target, an easy outlet for them to treat a certain type of way or to express themselves in a certain type of way that may not be kind or sometimes they don't even realize that, you know, that they are affecting you in a certain way. So those people you just want to keep at arm's length if it's a regular pattern that you noticed if you can't control the amount of time that they have in your life you know you can always try to control the amount of energy you give them so if someone is always saying stuff that you disagree with or you don't like or you feel the need to protect your energy or yourself against then you know it's it's easier said than done and i'm all aware of that but i just think things that you can do in those situations is either just maturely have a conversation and start asking why did you say that you know listening to people and understanding their perspective is a great opportunity for growth and this is something i'm big on and i try really hard to put myself in uncomfortable situations because it is really triggering to me it is hard for me to make other people feel uncomfortable when I feel uncomfortable. Because when I'm speaking to somebody and they are saying offensive things or they're just talking without realizing how they may be affecting me or anyone else around me or anyone else around them, they're not realizing how they affect people around them. I don't want to escalate this. So if I give you the energy you're giving me, it might turn into something. So I'm just not going to say anything. and. To me, this is one of the hardest things I have to deal with because then all the energy is directed in one way, which is towards me. And then I hold everything in and it enhances my stress a lot. But with that, I need to be prepared to be in a situation where things could escalate and turn ugly so at the times all you can do is just listen and if you have it in you just to try to learn and understand 
what they are talking about or why they say the things they say because in my opinion that's better than just being a listener or just being the receiver of what the person is putting out there you could ask them questions if they offend you but what do you mean by that what do you mean by that is probably a more socially acceptable response and question you could ask them did you mean that i'm i make you feel like this or that it definitely helps to not take advice from people who don't mirror the kind of person you want to be or aren't an inspiration for the life you want to have or the inspiration or or is or are an inspiration for the type of person you want to be so that is really important but also do try and and have and use these experiences as learning experiences when you're around stressful people before lashing out before just reacting just breathe oh that just breathe um People saying just breathe when you are really stressed can be really upsetting, but I don't want to upset you, but really just breathe and take a nice deep breath in, in your head. Like you don't have to physically show it as you would when you're doing like a yoga session or meditating or something like that, but just breathe in, take a second before responding. And just try to see that side. You know, something that helps me or has been helping me lately is just trying to empathize with somebody who is just always and just figuring out, oh, I wonder what's going on with you that you're responding this way. Do you not feel heard? Are you struggling with something? Is there a reason why you would say something mean? Or am I... The person that's triggered you and now you're responding to me am i not aware of what's going on are the things in my life right now causing me to be this kind of person around you like truly understand what's going on before lashing out when you can this is something you're gonna have to practice daily you're gonna have to tell yourself in the evening or the morning whenever you feel you have the most time to dedicate to yourself especially like in the shower or when you're having breakfast, to just tell yourself, I'm going to be good for myself. I'm going to put myself first. I'm going to be respectful of others, but I'm going to put myself first. And I'm going to do what I need to do to make me happy. Because if I'm happy, then I can be good for other people. And if other people are stressing me out, I can choose my reaction to the things they do or say so if i'm a genuinely happy person and somebody is being inappropriate i could walk away i could try to understand why they're responding the way they're responding i could listen with intention or if i feel like i'm at the point and i'm too frustrated i can cut that interaction short if someone isn't respectful of your choice or your decision to not want to hang out with them or to have to leave then it's questionable if those are the kinds of people you should have in your life or those are the kinds of people you should be around 
And I don't think you should just go and cut every single person out of your life. There are relationships that are worth working on. And those are the relationships that you're going to want to invest that time in to really get to know what the trouble is. But if people don't see you as significant and they're not as significant to you, then you don't need to invest your time in those people. So just choose your battles carefully and respect your own time, respect your own thoughts, respect your own feelings. Put yourself first. You know, growing up, I would hear things like, this person is selfish, don't be selfish if you don't want to do this and that. But I would argue that the opposite is true. Like, you need to be selfish. You need to do things that help yourself. Because honestly, people that are dealing with these chronic illnesses tend to be the ones that don't often put themselves first and are often in uncomfortable situations and are often stressed to the max that they've just, they're really easily triggered. And that's something that we want to stay away from. So let's see what's next. People pleasing. That was a talking point on my notes, but I think we kind of covered that in a sense with being more selfish and how you need to be that to be better for other people. I would become really stressed when I would have to be there for somebody else and they wouldn't extend that same courtesy towards me. I had so many expectations of people based on what I thought was good or what I thought would help them in whatever situation or issue they were dealing with. But I never got that in return, so I would then feel really upset and just unappreciated, to be honest. So yeah, that is something I was struggling with for a long time. I put a lot of energy into not being that way intentionally because I need to put myself first, and so do you. If everyone else's opinion is always more important than your own, then what does that say about how you feel about yourself? They are doing what they need to do for themselves. And you might just be triggered by something they are saying innocently. That's how I look at it. The people close to me, when they trigger me, or when they say something upsetting, I now try to think to myself, am I overreacting? Because if I know that they are genuine people and they always want what's best for me and I can see that in their actions, then something they say that triggers me is my problem. What they are saying is oftentimes coming from a loving place or they are unintentionally hurting you. They don't even realize that something they've just said is really upsetting you. So... You need to take responsibility to tell them, sorry, that was just a triggering. I didn't like that because it's a bit triggering to me. So I don't want to talk about that right now. But I know that wasn't your intention at all. I'm just letting you know because that's how I feel. And I don't want to become defensive or react in any kind of way based on the thing that you just said. And if that's too long, say, that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable for my own personal reasons. Let's just move on from the topic. I don't want to talk about that. 
But I think definitely say something as opposed to not. Lead by example. So you do the things that you want them to do, but don't expect them to do it. And take responsibility in addressing the things that upset you. And if you don't address it in the moment, just be intentional and address it at a later point in a mature way with the other person so that you can move past it. I strongly feel like things don't have to be as big as they become. And things are that way because of a lack of communication. And if the people close to you are telling you what upsets them and it's hard for you to respect that, then those are just probably not the people that you can be yourself around or the people that you want to be around. If you are the recipient of that energy or that forwardness or their personality. (laughs) So yeah, it goes both ways. If I feel constantly silenced by your emotions and your state, it can be difficult to be myself around you because I might feel like everything I have to say is going to be triggering to you. And I would feel like I would be the person that people would be nervous to say things around because of the weight of what I was dealing with. I was upset at life. I was upset at everything and holding it all in so that I wouldn't have to show towards people. But then there'd be so many things they would say that would trigger me. So... I say all of that to say, just be wary of the things you say and try not to take everything personally because chances are the person you care for would not even know that they are busy triggering you if you aren't very close to them or if you don't communicate with them. So obviously, if you're around people and it's a light social setting, you may not want to say anything. You could just then pivot You could um, speak to someone else. You could excuse yourself from the conversation. You could change the topic. You could have a friendly debate if that's your, your personality and try to maturely get to the root of the issue. Or what I would suggest is just moving the conversation in a different direction. It's people that you don't spend your time with often then chances are they aren't the kind of people that you need to waste your time investing your energy into something that's just going to stress you out even more. And then lastly, obviously, if you are working in a stressful environment, try your best to leave that job. Switch careers or switch jobs. If it's the career, then definitely change the career. If it's the job, then definitely switch companies. And if you are unable to leave quickly, then just stay away from the office gossips. Stay away from anything at work that is stressing you out as much as possible. Just do your job and go home. You don't need to have a close relationship with the people around you just to be nice. You need to put yourself first and be respectful of others. As long as you are respectful of others, You have done your part. That is all. You just need to respect others and respect yourself more and do whatever you need to do to feel better, to have a good day. Try really hard to not let other people affect you. 
So that is all for today. This was a long one. I hope that it was of some value to you. I hope that you enjoyed it. Let me know how you deal with your chronic illnesses and what you do to manage it. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I look forward to hearing from you in the comment section of the social media pages that are linked in the show notes and the YouTube page. But thank you once again. I hope to see you next time. And this was What the RA. Yeah.